numerous howls cry out for retribution. What is that? I don't know, but I feel as if I might have made a mistake. Oh no, I think someone says something about werewolves on this floor. You took a simple task and somehow managed to turn it into a catastrophe. You got ghosts, demons, zombies, sea monsters, and yes, vampires and werewolves. You know how we can solve the problem? Ah. We, we turn in the guy that killed the wolf. Turn me into who? The wolves or the vampires? The vampires to be praised or the wolves to be eaten? I think I'll take my chances with the vampires. No harm may not be meant. Some harm has already been done. And individuals need to answer for their crimes. Welcome back, foundlings. I am Quentin, your GM here, and you are listening to Season 4, Episode 8 of The Odd Campaign. I am, of course, joined by my lovely players. Hello. I am a singular lovely player on his left. My name is Emily, and I usually am here playing Odette, an arcanist, level 11 elf, who is accompanied by her cute little pseudo-dragon, Indiana. Oh, you think I'm cute? You are very cute, Indiana. Why, thank you. And I'm RL. I am to our GM's right, my left. And I play Greg, a lovely father of two with a kid, Jerry, who likes to eat shirts for some reason. I just got that polo. However, we find ourselves in less than cordial times. Starting back up once again, we are just where we left off, with the two of you, Odette and Greg, accompanied by S. Though you find yourself in a dimly lit, dark, cavernous crag. Last time, you were unwillingly plunged into the depths of a spacious cave on the command of an individual named Felix. Our characters had just ascended the steep stone steps which seemed to be etched into the walls of the sheer cliffside that is now on their left-hand side as they stand in this large, spacious opening. This vast room is barely illuminated but for a few sconces affixed onto the rock face and the furnace that can be found in the back right-hand corner of the room. The light flickers and strains as it reaches the bottoms of metal gallows, which are hung from the monstrously tall ceiling, and you are currently faced with a large individual who approached you from a stool sat at a large metallic workbench amidst numerous metal contraptions. As he approaches, he greets you. Welcome to the Underdwelling. Hi, good to know we're welcome. Uh, I, I do have a question, though, and why exactly are we here? Well, you'll see. You are my guests. Oh, that's lovely. I, I love the accommodations. It's very uh, 
aesthetic, as the kids would say. I would agree, it's very aesthetically pleasing, especially for a dungeon of sorts. Oh. You see before you standing a large rotund man clad in a black leather apron and cap, both of which seem stained and discolored by something. As he saunters around, you hear the clattering of loose metal tools in a belt which is wrapped around his waist. Getting a closer look as he approaches you one by one, you can see that both his face and head are both fully clean-shaven. His head and face are both wide, rounded, and bruised, and scarred all over. You aren't sure if this is a trick of the light, but it appears that the sclera of his eyes are pitch black. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm getting a bit close there. Um, I do have my personal boundaries. I'm <sighs> a married man. I, I am Greg. It's nice to meet you. What's your name? You will find that here in the Underdwelling we get quite intimate. As he kind of gets closer and begins prodding you and like lifting up like your gear, like um, the bow that's mounted well, on your back. Actually, I would like to say no in this situation. I am saying no. That does mean I would not like to be intimate with you. I don't understand. Um, what does the word mean? Uh, it just means very physically close, and as I am a married man and not attracted to um, other men, uh, it just makes me somewhat um, abstain from so intimacy with other people. So we get physically close, like when it's super cold out. Okay, uh, I can deal with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you should let people be it. You know what? It's okay. You you can do it. You. I'm Greg. What did you say your name was? The name is Gregor. I am the head executioner of the Queen's Guard. Wow. And also a... the keeper of the Underdwelling. That's a very important job. You must be one of those higher ranked officials. Can uh, I say these things with diplomacy to get him on my side more, please? You can attempt to adjust his attitude by making a diplomacy check, yes. Hmm. And how did that end for you? <laughs> I negative My total is 11. <laughs> you use honey-tongued words like those of my compatriots who bask in the light. But I know my true nature. When their words fail them, they turn to me. So, let me share with you a taste of true Rimadolvian diplomacy. You can't handle the light? You got a bit of a skin condition thing? My son has the same thing. We got. If you would, let me have you be shown to your rooms. Oh, we get rooms here. That's nice. I'd like to stay with my compatriots. We're a bit of a tight knit group. Uh, I think we'd be going to a prison cell, which I am very curious to see how historically accurate they actually made it. It is exciting, although I will admit it is going to be very uncomfortable. Yeah, well, uh, I do believe it was you who got us into this entire situation by refusing to teleport back to safety, but you know. No, you're the one that caused the whole problem by killing the wolf in the first place. I didn't kill anything. We all killed wolves that were attacking us. No, but you're the one that was like, I'm going to finish you. You did such a good job. Bang, you shot it in the head. I have no idea what you're talking about. She sure does ramble, doesn't she, Gregor? Gregor just stands tall and smirks at this. Perhaps it will be easier than I anticipated. Oh dear, I know this is going to be hard for you, but in an interrogation situation where it's, a, you know, hostile, it's probably best if we keep your mouth shut and not tell the enemies all of our little secrets. My padre always said that honesty was the best policy, and I was just following with it. So are you calling my padre a liar? 
Well, I would never disrespect the, another, the teachings of another father. However, I will say honesty in overly excessive amounts isn't great. I could tell you I don't think your shoes go with your pants, and even though that's my honest opinion, it's not necessarily something I should say. Well, jokes on you, I am not wearing pants. I am wearing a robe. But no pants. You're not wearing pants under that? No. Why? You don't wear pants under a robe. It is a dress. I'm not going to push that further. I'm just... You know what? Show me to my room, Gregor. I'll comply. I guess. You will find that I am nothing if not generous. Each of you will be accommodated for. Yes, as long as we keep the... uh, (laughs) accommodations to the a little bit less intimate, I think we'll, we, we won't even have a problem. Hmm, I don't know. I think being intimate is a very important thing. Like you said, it is like being close to each other. No, you see, I'll, I'll specifically say that I didn't want... I am a married man. You will find that you will have plenty of space. <laughs> Gregor walks over to one of the sconces and from it lifts a torch which is affixed to it and gestures for you to follow him. Okay. You are all still confined in metal manacles, which are bound around your wrists. Can I still move my fingers? Yeah, you can move your fingers. Can I operate my options menu? You can operate your options menu. Can I have the option to teleport out of here? Uh, You see as you can open it and you can utilize the teleport wheel. Psst. S. Do you think we can teleport out of here? He shrugs. Do you want to try? I mean, she thinks this is some sort of field trip, but I'm thinking this is some sort of kinky torture dungeon, and I'm not really into that. He shrugs. Oh, well, you know what? You can say, oh, look, I'm just saying, if things get hairy, I'm probably just going to try and teleport out of here. I feel like maybe once we get in the prison cells, it's going to have, like, the same effect that the actual prison cells on the first floor have when they put someone in prison and they can't teleport out, you know? Greg, what is it you're saying? I can't quite understand you completely. That's because I'm talking to S, who likes to keep his mouth shut. Follow along, everybody. We have a tight schedule to keep. Well, then, I'd say lead the way. Following after him, you now see that the torch in his hand begins to reveal the mouth of a jagged black stoned passageway, at the base of which there is a large wooden box leaning in towards this cave-like area, Gregor shouts, Dracus, we have no guests. Uh, wait, I feel something inside of my stomach. I think that is called a poop. Clutches his stomach and falls to his knees. Uh, something's very wrong. I don't know what's going on. He'll look up to Gregor and I activate my invisibility ring and I will roll for stealth to okay, act like I so just poofed it. There are going to be like three different checks that oh. are going to have to happen oh, first. No. Um, one, roll bluff to see if he believes that your stomach is acting up. (laughs) (laughs) Or else he's not just going to stand there. 26 bluff. The command word is kayakus. Uh, uh, gem, belly, kayakus, eggs, from, ah. And I disappear. Can I roll stealth? He's just going manic, crazy from the stomach pain. Okay. Can I roll stealth? Sure, go ahead, roll stealth. I'm disappearing. 33. I think it's a pretty good plan not to be put in prison. 
Though it looked like he was believing your act initially regarding your upset stomach, Gregor is now glaring above you, and he looks discontent with the show that is going on. I'm invisible now, right? Indeed. And it looks like he's kind of scanning the room above you. It would appear as if we had a trickster. Odette leers around the room, squinting her eyes and questioning what she should do next. Uh, all right. Well, okay, so obviously the guilty party is running away. We shall see about that. And Gregor seems to wave his large, meaty hand in the general direction of where Greg went. I will attempt to avoid this man at whatever cost I might take. You see as he waves his hand as if some force emanates from it, and you can feel as there are ripples forming around your body and your spell is ended. And you are just sat there, crouched on the ground. <laughs> he looks like a gremlin. <laughs> well, glad oh. you are still with us. You saved me. My stomach feels all better. How'd you do that? Are you a healer? No, I cast dispel magic. Oh, that's weird. Somebody must have poisoned me. Yes, and then... Well, if you would, Drakis should be here momentarily. Please do not try any tricks on him. He may be less than amicable. I thought you were about to say he is less than useless, and then I would have said that is not a nice thing to say, but I'm glad that he is an amicable person. No, he is less so than I. Oh, I see. And you hear as off in the distance there are off-rhythmed, hobbled footsteps which seem to echo through the hall at a rapid pace. Oh no. Eventually you see coming around the halls there seems to be torchlight off in the distance and it approaches and gets closer and closer until eventually the figure wielding the light is close enough to be distinguishable. The torch is waving back and forth about four feet in the air but as the individual approaches you can tell that they are of a shorter stature, and this torch is actually being waved above their head. As they are now much nearer and very clear, they are somewhat unsettling. They seem to have an unnaturally long face. Their eyes are very far apart, almost on the sides of their head. Their mouth is very wide, stretching from eye to eye, and they have sharp pointed teeth sticking out. It could just be the torchlight playing tricks with your mind, but you swear that their skin has almost a red hue and flaky texture, as if they had scales. Oh my god. Odette hobbles over towards it's him. the devil. Uh, wait a second. Are Our you... parents took me to church every Sunday when I was younger to warn me about this. Greg, we are in a game so... filled with fantasy creatures. It is not the devil. You're right. The devil is real. Well, anyway... So she leers at this little thing. I wouldn't try to intimidate it with that. I'm not intimidating. Are you a kobold? You can't just assume somebody's race by the way they look, Odette. Oh, Actually, yes, you can. That is how you... How can you determine a boar from an elk? You look at it. You can tell by the way it is. Exactly. That is what I am saying. There is a dragonling. He is a dragonling? Oh my goodness, you are so handsome! How rude of me, anyways. My guests, you've been carrying all of your equipment this whole time. I will put my equipment immediately in my inventory. Dracus, relieve our guests of their burdens. I put my equipment in my in my inventory. Um, go ahead and 
roll sleight of hand to see how fast you can maneuver through all of the options menus to put all of your equipment in your equipment bag, your virtual storage. Odette, would you be attempting any such thing? Yeah. So roll sleight of hand. 16. Uh, are there any items you would have prioritized? My bag of holding. Okay. My bag of holding has basically everything in it. Eight. Yes, sir. Gladly. He sounds just like Indiana, but a bit bigger. As he mutters so, his body seems to unnaturally contort, bending forward, setting the torch down, and then he seems to maneuver on all fours, almost crawling towards you with great speed. I would most definitely have time to put my thing in the inventory. You you are able to get your bag of holding in your inventory. Thank you. Scurrying about with a blur of motion, he seems to move all around you, though you barely feel anything until you see him again, if you would even call it that, but it reappears near the wooden box, seeming to carry a large bundle of whatever equipment you did not manage to hide. Bows, staves, knives, swords, even small pouches. What about my crown? Your crown is taken. Did he take my clothes too? Because no, it's you're, like left my in, you're left in your robe. So you're left in your robe or whatever armor you're wearing, but any loose object, so... What uh, about my gloves? The gloves are fine. He didn't take the gloves. Okay. Oh, give that stick back. I know it seems like it's just a stick, but that's actually Jerry's favorite stick. I swear it's not a weapon. Hmm. So when will we get our items back? That is fully dependent on you. I have been quite cooperative, I will say. Oh, do we have to win them back in some sort of sick and twisted game that the higher-ups play on the lowers just to get entertainment? Oh, that leans towards S as Greg is explaining and saying all this. I think he has some uh, issues going on in his head. I don't know about you. S shakes his head yes. Oh dear, I heard that and I feel like it's quite rude. I was whispering. I'm sorry if you heard that. You whisper loudly. No, you whisper. The walls are echoey. The main stuff. If you would, please follow me. Okay. I don't, I don't really have the heart to say no to a creepy demon that, well, um, to a very handsome boy who looks like he could rip my face off in one blink. You get a big toothy smile from this individual as it seems to stretch across the entirety of their face. Oh dear God, that is nightmare fuel. Hmm. So as they're walking, Odette will try to make a slight conversation with Dracus. Bending over, your small lizard guide picks up and brandishes the torch which he had set on the ground previously. Wildly waving around the flame of your party, he then motions for your group to make your way down the dark hall as he is escorting you from behind. So, Dracus, he says you are a dragonling. How old are you? Ah, much older than you, mortals, that's for sure. Mortals? I am an elf. No, and your lifespan? I do not know. I do not know all the details, but I know that I live for a very long time. Well, I am also an elf, and I am 3,300 years old. Just so that that means he's 3,000 years old. Hmm, I like little. Then how long does it take for a dragonling to become a full dragon? Oh, you confuse us. We are not going to become full dragons. We are merely... Blessed or cursed, as you see it. We have but dragon blood in our veins. Oh, so you're like a pseudo-dragon. Somewhere in my lineage, it must have been passed down, and uh, it found its way to me. 
Interesting. Twisting and turning, you make your way through these dark stone corridors, as you're only able to see about ten feet in front of you. Dracus is positioned behind you, and your only source of light being his torch. Only extends so far. But every so often you see that there's a slight burst of light and warmth emanating from behind you, which seems to cast your shadows onto the walls, making them dance across the halls until the light slowly returns back to a normal state. So, um, nice place you got here. Uh, Greg will try to, like, shoot a message to Draken. Odette got us put in prison. The message seems as if it goes through, but you do not get an immediate reply. And you are still walking for quite some time, escorted by this small demon lizard, if you would. Might die, lol, ttyl. After walking for about ten minutes down the winding corridors, you realize that there seems to be no parts or passageways. It's just, rather, a straight, winding path which seems to be slowly descending. The path has been uneven almost the entire time, and though it feels as if it has been cobbled, it is hard to tell due to the lack of light, every so often as you step, you feel as if the stone beneath your feet sinks slightly into the floor, though nothing happens. <laughs> well, you sure do get your cardio, that's for sure, taking jogs up and down this manner, huh? Indeed, I am kept well by the state of this area. Only a bit longer. All right. Uh, Dracus, I was wondering, is there any way that I could get my pet lizard back? Oh, yes, I do also have a companion. He is a goat. His name is Jerry. He likes to eat Dracus is well aware of your companions. Oh, God, please tell me you didn't eat them. I have done no such thing. And you said that I was being rude. Well, I know that pseudo-dragons are seen as a delicacy in somewhere. I just didn't want any weird cannibalism situation going on. I don't think that is true, but all right. After traveling, you begin to notice that there is a faint light up ahead. As it gets closer, you can hear an echo throughout the halls as the howling of wind eventually reaches your ears. And as you approach, you even begin to feel the gust of wind as well. Ooh. Initially, it is a welcome sensation from the sensory-deprived cave. However, it seems as if this wind whips through the cave and is quite chilling. Now, the area dimly lit, you can see someone in front of you, and it seems as if Dracus puts out his torch. Uh, don't we need that to see? You shall see fine up ahead. As he gestures, and indeed, you can see... Cut out into the sides of the cave walls, there are iron bars, which seem to be the only thing separating you and from thin ledges leading to sharp cliff sides on the side of the very steep mountain. Oh, very interesting prison location. Um, love the aesthetic, love the view. Ah, you'll have much time to admire it, so here we are. Who is first? Are we getting all put in together? Is this like a waiting process? Oh, nonsense. Gregor is very generous. You each get your own cell. Oh, well, I guess it is okay. But why can't we be so intimate? Are you trying to get intimate with the uh, dragon creature? What are you doing there, Odette? 
What are you suggesting? You're so weird, Greg. I was saying You're we saying all should... to get intimate and you're looking directly at him. No, I was saying that we all get intimate, meaning like we like you said, it is all of our physical bodies enclosed together in the same area. I told you I am a married man. We've found it better if the prisoners stay in separate rooms. Previously we had issues regarding cannibalism if they stayed there too long. Oh, and how long are we staying here exactly? That is up to you. Okay. You hear the jingling of a key as he unlatches the door. It seems as if it is a solid metal door, has a latch on the outside, and is locked by a keyhole also on the outside, though the door on the other side is completely smooth. Dracus gestures inside the room, which you can now see on the other side of these solid metal bars is nothing more than a barren stone cell cut into the side of the mountain, which is completely exposed to the outside. From here, you can even see the Queen's Garden and the Great Tree Anuxaruk. It would appear as if this cell is cut directly into the center of this mountain, thousands of feet down and thousands of feet upward to reach the nearest flat ground. Nothing but steep cliffs and bone-chilling winds for quite some distance. So, here we are. Who shall be first? I guess uh, it is only polite to have ladies first. Interesting, Greg. I see where your priorities lie. All right, I shall go in. Chivalry. Is dead, according to you. Of course not. I let the lady go first. Odette enters, and you find yourself in this cell. Each one is separated to the next one by about three feet of solid black stone and having but one singular solid metal door, separated from the corridor itself by solid metal bars which are only spaced a very thin six inches apart from one another. Each room is only about ten by ten feet, with the back-facing wall entirely missing and exposing itself to the sheer cliffside and natural elements. One by one, you are all put in your individual rooms, all side by side, of course separated by the three feet of solid stone. So are you going to stay with us, uh, or are you just going to, you know, leave us to be chilly, I guess? As I said, Gregor is quite generous. You will all be accommodated for. If you have any questions, I will be down the hall. Oh, perfect. Can I get a blanket and a, um, a stick? Ha! And he... Laughs as he kind of hobbles off into the darkness. Was that a yes or a no? I couldn't tell. I'm pretty sure it was a no, Odette. So, what do we want to do now? Have you taken a look at the prisons? We're already inside, so yes. You got in your fill of your curiosity? I find this quite fascinating. You want to go home now? I certainly do. All right, then you can leave. That was always a choice for you. But you are the one that caused a problem in the first place. I don't know how you can associate me with the problem of getting put into prison when you literally were like, yeah, I'll go to prison. I want to see the cute prison. No, because any time we return to this floor to try to go back to the manor, they'll keep arresting us. I'm Odette. I make regular decisions for my teammates and expect them to... Hello? You just hear the sound of... Something that sounds to be colliding with a stone wall all the way. Like, Odette, from you, it's two cells down, and from Greg, it's one cell down. Oh, they put S on the complete opposite side. Legendary hero, can you hear me? Thud. S. S. Thud. If we're being honest, Thud. I have Burrow. Thud. I can get us out of here in, like, a minute. Can he hear you? You're in the other room. Um, yeah, I'm right next to him. I thought you were whispering. I'm sorry. 
Well, I'm speaking in a more hushed tone so that the guy If you all the are way down, speaking quietly. I'm not I'm speaking quietly enough that the guy all the way down the, the thing wouldn't be able to hear me, but loudly I'm, enough so that he, he would be the able The thing is is there's a lot of wind seeing as you are at a higher altitude, the wind getting picked up kind of muffles and restrains your voice. So you have to almost shout in order to get anything out. Okay. Then I will make sure that uh Actually, can I message? Your hands are relatively free, at least enough to be able to send a message. I will I will message as Is um I can get us out here in about a minute, minute and a half max. I'll have burrow, I'll have airwalk. I haven't used any of my spells today. Honestly, I don't think it'd be any bit of a problem to get out of here. I'm just worried about Odette, who seems like she's perfectly content in a prison cell. What are your thoughts? You wanna go out here with me? You wanna you wanna blow this joint? Wait, don't be blowing joints. Drugs are bad. Doesn't that defeat the purpose? Weren't we here to resolve the conflict? I thought we were gonna go to the fifteenth floor where none of the conflict that we caused would be a problem that we have to fix. Shouldn't we have just done that earlier before we were arrested? That's what I was trying to do, but silly little Odette over here is trying to get taken it. Then why didn't you teleport? Because I'm not one to leave a companion behind. Neither am I. Aww. Odette, do you want to go home? Why well, thought we were here to solve the problem. I don't understand how prison is going to solve the problem. Okay, so here is the deal. And this is what I was thinking about before we got arrested. If we keep running away from this area and every time we come back to floor 10, we'll get arrested or we'll be pursued and our faces we put on a wanted list. We need to solve well, this problem. Well, will now that you've tried and confessed to the crime. I didn't confess to anything. It was you that You're killed me. You're right. Him. I'm sorry. You confessed for me. You blamed me for a crime. Do you understand why that's not a logically, you know, great thing to do for your teammate? Do you understand that? Or are you completely oblivious how it is, you know, throwing a teammate under the bus, how bad that is? Because it seems like something you're completely okay with doing. Throw under the bus. Oh, yes, that is a term they use. Okay, so... I'm trying to be real smooth and, and calm and collected here, but you're making it really hard to operate a situation when you're just saying all the wrong things and getting us into trouble. So but just tell them the truth of why you killed the wolf in the first place. Or maybe if somebody thinks that you've started a civil war, just be... I did not start the Civil War, because you're just going to get death if you confess up to it. Uh, that is not true. They seem to be kind of reasonable people. I mean, they haven't killed us yet. That's because they want to torture us before they kill us. Honestly, being near you at this point is torture. That hurts my feelings, but I'm used to it by now. I think I have to roll a will save, because I don't know if Greg would willingly stay with Odette with how much trouble she's gotten them into. Perfectly fine. If you wish so, you can plan your own prison escape. It is up to each individual person. I rolled a low will. I would stay with Odette. Okay, if that's what low will means to oh, you. Oh, wait, no. I rolled a low will, meaning I would Do what not you have want. the will to stay with... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I'm going to use Barodo, um into S's cell. Yeah, absolutely. You can burrow at a speed of 15 feet per round, uh, and it lasts for one minute per level. Uh, so 15 feet per round, which is 15 feet in six seconds, meaning you can move 150 feet in a minute. You're a level 11 character. 
meaning you can move a little over a thousand feet in your 11 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I go into SSL. Sure. Hi, buddy. He waves with both of his hands as they're manacled together. Do you want to get out of here? He shrugs. What would that accomplish? Not being tortured. Who says that's what they'll do? Um, I don't know if you noticed all of the torture equipment in there. You know, things in the dungeon that are meant for torturing people. I don't know what you think they do with those things, but I'm pretty sure it's torture. Don't they only do that if you don't answer their questions? I think if we answer their questions, we're gonna they're gonna kill us. Actions have consequences. Don't you be lecturing me, you sly, smog, little handsome man. I'll leave if you can convince Odette. Honestly, I could have climbed out by now. Yeah, me too. I will burrow into Odette's cell. Greg just appears in your cell. Odette. Yes? We're leaving. Okay, I'll see you later. I'm turning this car around. You're coming with us. I will not go with you. Why? Because if we run away, it is going to cause more problems. I'm pretty sure if you run away with a, from an sh- active shooter with a gun, it's not, a, it's not gonna cause more problems with you. If somebody has a gun towards you or is intending to harm you, I'm pretty sure running away is a completely valid option. But running away implies that you are guilty. Running away implies that you're smart and don't want to get hurt. And that you are not ready to face the consequences. Which could or could not be death, but I am not afraid. Yes, I'm morally conflicted. I'm morally conflicted, I don't know what to- Oh, hey, look, all our rooms are connected now. It does seem as if the ceiling of the wall somewhat collapses in on itself and there is rubble or debris still there. I feel like we're going to get in more trouble because you just took down the walls. No, of course not. I just uh, made it more... I I made it into a king suite. Hmm. Greg, do you think about the consequences before you act? Do you? Yes. No? I planned all of this out. That's a bold-faced lie and you know it. Ah, no, I have plans. You're a liar. Oh, I'm feeling heat. Your pants are on fire. I'm really oh. not. Oh, <laughs> can Greg look back to S for a sick burn? Oh. S looks down and pinches the bridge of his nose with his two fingers and you kind of hear a sigh. You're right. I'm acting childish. I'm sorry. And you're supposed to be the adult here. And what are you supposed to be? The manic child? Well, I'm not exactly a child, but I'm uh, also not fully adult. You make it very difficult to have an ethical position. You are an adult. You must pick your own positions. I'm trying to be a good person, but you do make it very hard. A good person would tell the truth and would admit when he has done something wrong, and then he would also figure out how to explain how it went wrong. The For example, is in moderation. If you have a friend that accidentally broke a jar, and it's an easily replaceable jar, but if you tell his mom he broke the jar, he's going to be beaten to a bloody pulp. You don't tell his mom he broke the jar. I don't know if a magic mystical wolf is equivalent to a jar. Did he get that or I got that or both? It was a group message sent to both of you. No, I agree. The, the magical wolf was not a jar. I don't think snitching on people's the right thing to do. Odette makes him a bit salty. Odette. Interesting. I feel very targeted here, but okay. As you bicker and complain, though your rooms are now conjoined, you noticed that the day is passing by and you are still trapped in your accommodations. The sun is setting. 
And as it does, you feel what little warmth was provided is sapped from the land as a freezing gust of wind cuts through your clothes and chills you to the bone. I do have my cold weather gear on. It is time to get intimate. I do have a good bit of my equipment left if we wanted to start a fire. The land is covered in darkness. And if you do nothing, so shall be yourselves. All right. Everybody pile into my cell. I got this. I will bring out um, the stuff from my bag of holding, such as extra firewood, my flint and steel, blankets. I do have a lot of extra blankets. And I will make a nice cozy fire with some blankets around. Hmm. I hope that Indiana is okay, she says as she's walking through the wall. You're telling me I hope Jerry's okay. He's probably chewed a hole in the stall by now and they're out to have him for dinner. Nah, he's probably chewed a hole through their boots too so they can't catch him. <laughs> That's right. Are we all sitting by the fire? Making yourself as comfortable as you can be. It took you quite some time to start up a fire, seeing as the wind blowing through here made it very difficult to start any form of kindling. Though eventually, you are successful, and all of you are huddled about, as close as you can be, blankets wrapped around you, and it is quite some time before there is any sign of life. Aside from the squeaking of rats throughout the caves and the screeching of bats throughout the sky, eventually, with a keen perception, you all do notice the quick-paced hobbled footsteps of Dracus. With no light from the sun and the little that your fire is providing, the corridor is almost pitch black. You hear a latch one by one in each cell, and eventually something is slid across the floor. What's that? Uh, Odette will get up and check it out. Uh, can I perception? Sure. Of course. Why do I only nat crit on stupid things like perception? I swear. I- I'll have to make a reception check. I was going to see if I could cast a light spell, but nope. 38 perception. I-, I-, I crit on my perception, but I only ever crit on stupid things like perception. 23. Both of you are easily able to tell. Uh... At least what has been dropped into the center cell which you all reside in. There seems to be a singular wooden bowl and a small piece of bread just dropped somewhat further into the cell. Greg, getting closer, you can tell that the bowl is warm. It's filled with some kind of liquid. And I'll smell it. It is odorless. Oh, you're getting about it. Almost boiling hot, though. And it is filled with some fluid is like water, but it seems tinged black. Okay, I think they might have given us poison. No fear. I got jerky. I got apples. I only have two oranges. Um, and I do have all the preparations to make soup. Good soup, if you would like. I did take quite a few ingredients from the kitchen. Oh my goodness, you did. Yeah, but luckily there are things like flour and salt and yeast, pots and pans, silverware. Um, also just things that I've had on hand or that I've used previously. My goodness, what bag of holding size did you get? Was it five? Oh no, it's, it's only three, but it's not a lot of stuff. I mean... It baggers, I'm pretty sure they have like a weight limit. It's not a lot of weight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Either way, does soup sound good to everyone? And I'm not talking about this. And he will. Is the is the dragon thing gone? It's hard to tell as dark I as it is. I rolled a 38 perception. But it did sound as if he scurried down the halls. 
does anyone want some nice chicken soup and not whatever and he will dramatically pour out the black stuff whatever this black carnage ooze is odette s are you responsive that is fine i will take some of your soup yeah you're turning blue s shrugs indifferently uh greg will make the preparations for soup getting out a little pot okay how much water do you have? I think I have like four skins of water in my bag. Uh, and about how much soup do you make? Enough for three people. You use about a, a skin and a half of your water in order to make the soup for this evening. Uh, but you are able to use all of your various ingredients, put it Seasoning. in the pot. Seasonings. And you do make a uh, very nice, warming, hearty soup. And all of my, I'll put, I, I make sure to put everything basically back in my inventory where it can't be taken. Mm -hmm. While Greg is doing this, Odette would be using detect magic and just kind of focusing on the area around them to see if there's anything, any magical signatures to be worried about. Uh, It appears as if right now there is nothing in any of these cells or anything immediately nearby. All right. It looks like this is a very magic neutral zone, so we should be pretty good. No one should be scrying on us, I don't think. I don't know why anybody would want to be scrying on this unless they want to get my secret recipe to my soup, but, um... Oh, probably because we are prisoners and we could be talking about our escape plans, obviously. I I didn't know you were interested in escaping. It seemed like that option was off the table for you. I am not interested in escaping. Well, then don't get my hopes up with saying stuff like that. I want to solve the problem that we created... By volition, mostly by you, but still, a problem that was created by the party. Eat your soup. He hands her his, uh, the bowl of soup, as well as he hands S1, both wooden bowls with wooden spoons, and he finally sits down for his soup himself. So the evening passes, and the next day comes. Though your conditions seem not to change, just before the sun rises, you hear the pattering of feet on the ground throughout the corridors, and as you awaken, you notice that there are warm bowls of some fluid and a chunk of bread laying on your cell floor. They're trying to poison us again. No, I think he's being amicable with a cute little soup. No, not soup, but dragon. Dragonling, that is what he is. Okay, well... I'm honestly surprised you're up this early. The sun's barely up. It has been very cold. There is no way that I was sleeping well. It has been very hard to sleep. It was the wind. I wish you guys could have told me that. I have a kip- I have chamomile tea. I could have made you guys a cup of warm tea. Uh, I don't know if that would help with the howling. And the wind. The wind was also howling. Well, I'm sure the blankets weren't appreciated at all either, huh? No, the blankets were appreciated. Thank you, Greg. I did have extra bedrolls as well. It seems as if this entire day would go by without any other form of interaction. Wait. Greg will message Draken. Odette refuses to leave the prison. Should I leave her here? Yes or no? Uh, Odette's like facing the wall, musing out loud. What if we just tell Dracus that we're ready to talk? I didn't think they're one to wait until we're ready type people. You know what? We could... Oh, I have it. I need a cup. I need a metal cup specifically. Um, I do have a tin mug. I'll take that. Thank you. Oh, uh, okay. She'll go over to the bars and start, like, ringing the cup on the bars. (gasps) No, we are so ready to get out of here and have a conversation. Hello? My cup. Oh, 
It's barely gotten used. You hear the pittering of feet, but they do not come all the way up to your cell. It seems as if they stay within the shadows of the corridor. So, are we ready to talk? Yes, we are very ready to talk. Sure. That is all we had to say, guys. I mean, I wouldn't mind a nice conversation. Who is first? I'll go I'll first. Go first. I will go first. Or don't. Apparently, I don't know. Whoever you want to take first, then, I guess. There. He's so worried about Hotek going in there. He thinks she's going to go in there and immediately be like, It was all Craig. <laughs> it was Craig. He was the one to kill the wolf. He did it intentionally on your spiritual crowns. I know it. <laughs> there is no reply from Dracus as you are boisterously clamoring over one another, trying to dictate who goes first. You hear as if the pittering of small feet seems to scurry away. Dang it. Okay, Greg, we need to make a decision here. All right, Dracus, please come back. We are actually ready to have a conversation. We are ready to talk. Just don't take her first. Oh, that is rude. Oh, first I let you go first, then you don't like it. Now I let you go last, and then you still don't like it. Okay, Dracus, you can take Greg. He is ready to incriminate himself. You've already done that for me. Your arguing and bickering continues for quite some time, though you are met with silence for a very long period, until about 30 minutes pass by, and you begin to hear, off in the distance, echo very solid, sturdy footsteps, making their way closer as they echo through the halls. It must be Gregor. It's Gregor. Calling out to the group of you, you hear the deep voice of your capture ask, So, who is first? You can pick, because honestly, we've had a disagreement about who goes first. Yeah, and S is kind of a mute. Greg seems very worried about me going first. I don't think S has a tongue, and if he does, he doesn't like using it for speaking. (laughs) Greg will give S a wink. Gregor just makes his way up to the first cell, the jingling of keys, and begins to unlatch it. Oh, I should probably go back in there. So she walks through to the other side. That The first cell was uh, S's. It was Odette's. Oh, oh, you're right, you're right. I see you have made yourself quite at home. I actually did okay. <clears throat> yes, we have made ourselves at home. It was cold. I did not enjoy it. Gregor seems to have been carrying with him a stool, and he sets it down in the cell and closes the cell door behind you. I don't know how much this is going to help since the wall is broken right there. Greg is peeking in through the hole. You see as Gregor pulls something out of his belt and drops it on the ground. Did we sleep at all? You did. This is the next day. Okay, just making sure. But as he drops the object from his hands, it seems to not clatter on the ground, but almost fuse into it, and a thin veil emanating from its origin of where it was dropped seems to emanate out, until eventually it surrounds the entire room in a thin veil-like bubble. You may speak freely. No one outside the room can hear us. Okay, so... Greg is pounding on the bubble. Oh, dead! It's not a solid bubble. If you attempted to crawl through the tunnel, you would be able to make your way through. Never mind. I, I don't want to go through. <laughs> you begin crawling through and your hand kind of phases in, but as you are approaching, you kind of get glared at by Gregor as he seems to be staring daggers into you. 
Odette, please don't say anything stupid. Odette, you can hear Greg perfectly fine, but Greg, you can hear nothing from inside the room. I'm gonna die. (laughs) Okay, so you have questions. What is the first question you would like to ask me? Did you or your party members slay the beast in the forest? The beast? Are we referring to the wolf? Indeed. Okay, yes, we did. Did you or your party members intentionally seek out and pursue the creature under the pretense of slaying it? Not that creature directly, no. Did you or did you not pursue the fleeing wolf onto this floor and then execute it when it was unconscious? I did not. Greg killed it while it was unconscious. However, I will say we were given a quest by the world in order to take out the wolves that were attacking an innocent group of people on floor 15. Gregor looks immensely confused at your statement. Were you spoken to? Are you some sort of oracle or cleric, one who communes with the world? Occasionally, yes. I have spoken with the world in a way. I have received quests from it once in a while. There's a new assist. Oh, wait, that's too much information to explain. Um, yes. To put it shortly, yes. Mm. But first of all, I would like to say it was not on this floor. It was on another floor that was much colder and it was all snow covered. And actually the wolf was not here. It came through the tree. So we pursued it because it shouldn't be on this floor. So... You claim that the wolf came through the great Rianuxaruk. Yes. Mm. But we stopped it because we were told to by the world. And how exactly did you find the creature? It found us. We actually went back up to the tree to go rescue a group of people to f- complete the quest the world had given us. And the wolf was coming at us. Uh, and that is about all I know with that. It just found us. Then, did the wolf seem as if it was coming after you? Or is it going for something else? Well, it seemed that the wolf was trying to get through the tree, which we thought could threaten the balance of this area of the world. Indeed it has. I am so sorry about that. We were not aware that it would have such a drastic effect on you. Uh, Have you not heard the wolves cry every night? I did hear the wolves cry at night. It was terrible. Uh, Well, thank you for your candor. Are there any other questions? Gregor shakes his head and holds out his hand around about the area where he dropped the object, and it seems as if the thin veil seems to dissipate and manifest once again, and he grabs it, and it appears as if he's holding an unlit candle of sorts. (gasps) Can Odette detect magic? Sure. And I would like to use and focus as long as I'm able to and try to use a knowledge arcana to determine what it is. Sure. I rolled a one. <laughs> Gee, you, whatever you're trying to determine what like an artifact <laughs> is, you're so, it's like what your character is supposed to do. It I always know. ends so poorly. Watch. I'm, I'm going to say it again out loud. I'm going to roll knowledge arcana. Beach. It's, an it's only when it matters that it doesn't work. Um, so the total though is a 14. With a one. You are able to determine that it is a magical artifact, though, of what you are unsure. Though there have been some context clues granted to you, and you could make assumptions. She's kind of drooling a little bit. Oh, Gregor, when you get to... I want to see the candle when you are done. It looks amazing. This is one of my personal tools and implements. 
Maybe if you are not a prisoner. And with that, he exits your cell and closes and relatches the door as he exits. I like the decorum of having to go back out and then going back in. It works very well for you. Very intimidating. He then makes his way to the next cell, which was Greg's. He unlatches the door, walks in, and likewise sets down a stool and relocks the door behind him. Oh, hi, Gregor. Good luck, Greg. I hope you don't die. She gives a thumbs up. I also hope I don't die. Let's see how this goes. Gregor sits in a stool before you and seems to drop a white candle onto the ground, which dissipates into the floor, surrounding you in the thin veil that you noticed in Odette's room. Okay, I guess I'll sit down too. Odette Um, waves from outside. Seeing as S found it appropriate, S has also left the room at this time and is in his cell. Um, I will sit next to the fire. I see you've made yourself quite at home. Oh, you know, just giving it a little homey touches. Love the architecture, though. So, did you or your party members slay the beast in the forest? Define the beast and define slay. I'm... The large wolf carcass, which you witnessed apparently upon your arrival by Nuxruk. Did you or any one of your party members take part in killing it? Um, I do believe that answer would be yes, technically. Did you or a member of your party intentionally seek out or pursue the creature under the pretense of killing it? No, we intentionally sought out its its kind of group that was attacking an innocent village, and then... uh, Would it it not be part of the group which you sought out? It definitely wasn't last time, that's for sure. Basically, we walked out to the portal, it started attacking us. I tried to talk it down, didn't really like that. Uh, It attacked us, and then it demanded to go through the tree, I only assume for some nefarious reason. So we pursued it, and uh, locked it down to make sure it couldn't hurt anyone, as it was definitely trying to hurt us. So then you admit that you did pursue the fleeing creature, and then execute it once it was unconscious. It, uh... I honestly thought it might have already been dead. I just wanted to make sure it was dead, dead, to make sure that it wasn't going to hurt anyone. You know, their owners. Mm, so, you did execute it. Yeah, that was me. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty badass, though. <laughs> Wish you could have gotten on the YouTubes. It probably would have gone viral or, or something. I just want to be cool. And how did you find the creature? It found us. Um, we walked out of the. We walked on to the fifteenth floor. Um, Through the Trianuxaruk. Yes, I assume uh, Odette gave you that bit of information. Um, yeah, we walked out onto the fifteenth floor, and basically immediately it started attacking us. In which case, we had no choice but to defend ourselves. And when brought with the confrontation of it running away, we've already been in contact with it, and we think it's a dangerous creature who's okay with starting fights and violence and killing people off the bat. Probably not the best thing to have running around. So if you're asking if we did you a favor, the answer is yes. (laughs) A favor? (laughs) 
Yeah, oh. Greg is very awkwardly smiling, thinking, I don't know if this is a good laugh. I don't know. Uh, let me clarify. And he holds out his hands, and it seems as if the thin veil begins dissipating around you, and once again, the candle kind of shoots up from the ground, and Gregor grasps it. The crimes of which you are accused of, let me tell you, so that you can think of what an appropriate course of action may be. A reward, maybe? Dios mio, Greg! Entering the Queen's garden without knowledge of Her Majesty, with intention, pursuing and slaughtering a sacred creature of the forest on hallowed ground inciting an insurrection and mass rioting across the nation, which subsequently led to the death of hundreds. Oh, I didn't know people have been dying. What's going so, on there? That sounds like a bit of an internal issue. Also, it's not like you got signs posted saying no trespassing. It's the Queen's guard. I didn't see any of that, young man. Oh, to be fair, the guide in Yenomot was like, that is the Queen's garden. And we were like, okay, but we are the we Duchess's people. We don't know who people. the Queen is. It could be the Queen of England. It could be the Queen of Ants. It could be the Queen like Yas Queen. I don't know this. I plead innocent. I don't know how to say that is the worst explanation that I have heard, Greg. We are going... That is... Oh, God. I we are going to die. I don't think we've done anything wrong. We defended ourselves. We defended other people. That is definitely not a sacred creature. That is a sacrilegious creature. It is something causing death and carnage and corruption. Deadly. Attacked us on sight. I don't know about you, but generally if something attacks me on sight, I don't go, Oh, what a great creature. Uh, so, Gregor, I, 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 please don't listen to what Greg is saying. He thought that I was going to get him killed, but he is already digging this hole for himself. I am not done my inquiry. Okay. You shall be summoned when a verdict has been determined. A verdict has been determined. Gregor grabs his stool, exits Greg's cellar, and moves on to the next. Ah, uh, Gregor, I don't know. Wait, Gregor, oh, can I be there? Such a sacred creature. Why was it so easy to kill then, huh? I think that they should be a bit more difficult. You hear the unlatching of the third cell, and Gregor makes his way in. You hear him set down the stool, and the last thing you hear is him firmly place his feet on the ground and take a seat. Greg watches the interaction intently. There is nothing but silence. Odette runs through, like, the two rooms, like, up to the bubble, and is, like, watching intently. I see you wanted to take parts in this, too. I'm um, keep watching S's mouth. I wonder what he's going to do. He's probably not going to talk. He is a very strong, legendary hero. Yeah, Although, a bit hard-headed at times. I don't even know if he has a tongue. No, he has one. You're right. How else would he eat? You can still... What? You can... <laughs> so this conversation goes on outside, I guess. You can still eat if you don't have a tongue. What? Shh, I'm trying to watch. You can watch with your eyes. At first, you noticed as Gregor's mouth was moving... But eventually, the two of them just seem to stare at each other in perfect silence. Oh, I see. So Gregor has abilities to read minds. It makes sense. He is, uh, what is this, an interrogator? 
pretty sure he said he's the executioner, but sure, we'll <gasps> wait, go with the interrogator. Gregor, when you're done, can you tell me what his voice sounds like? Is it sweet like a dove? Is it harsh like a... I, uh, a horse? Don't, don't think he's speaking at all. It's S. Yes, but everyone has a voice in their head. S for silent. S for sexy. <laughs> okay. S for savior. That's a bit better than the last one, I guess. And... After but a few moments, Gregor stands up. You see the veil dissipate and the candle is once again in his hand. He grabs the stool and begins to exit the room. Before he exits, Odette will try to run up. Wait, wait, oh Gregor, Gregor, Gregor. And you're clamoring, trying to fit your arms through the bars of the cells and reaching towards him. But he seems to be just a few paces outside of your reach. No, this is very important. I don't think you understand. What is it? What does his voice sound like? Perhaps you should ask him. And he walks <laughs> off. <laughs> you got, you got Gregged. <laughs> Don't worry, yes. One day we will find your voice again, wherever it may be. I think his voice is just introverted. You thought he didn't have a tongue. I was joking. I don't think you were joking. You said my soup tastes great. Of course he has a tongue. And with that, Gregor has left. You hear as his footsteps seem to get further and further away. So, do you want to just sit here, wait for a sentence, potentially die? Is that what you want to do, Odette? I mean, if it turns that south, we can always just leave, but I'd rather try to solve the problem. We could just leave right now. Okay, so why don't you? Because you're not leaving. And I can't in full consciousness leave a not an unprotected young woman in a prison with men all around and possibly going to get intimately close with her. I just can't do it in good conscience. She leers at him. Don't tell me you didn't even think of leaving me once. Because you did in combat already. I don't even know what that talk... What, what are you talking about? I am a spellcaster. You are a ranger. I have 54 HP. You have... A lot more HP. And I'm also a ranger with ranged attacks. Indeed, I understand your problem. It's not a problem. It's about the safest route you can take. Did you know that rangers don't have to use ranged weapons? Yeah, did you know we're better with ranged weapons? I don't think that's necessarily true. I think you can pick either, but it doesn't matter anymore. We're just going to be waiting for sentencing. Unless you want to leave, you can leave if you want, but I will stay here. Oh, I've never bickered this much with somebody in my entire life. Not even your wife? Of course not. I love my wife. We never argue. Wait, we have so disagreements, but we never argue. Interesting. So a lack of bickering means that you are in a healthy relationship. Interesting. We have our discussions and our disagreements, but they never get heated or emotional. We never bring in or throw up old things in the other person's face. We actively seek a solution to whatever problem is ailing us. I am glad for you, but that is not most relationships. Oh, I've never fought with my parents much either. My kids are a bit rebellious. So you fought with your children? No, only Zirin, and that's because he wants to spend the night outside. Alicia is okay with coming inside as long as she can bring, like, one animal, and that's fine. But Zirin, he just wants to sleep with the goats. And I can't... It's... It'll get cold, he could catch a cold, he could be sleeping in goat poop. I don't want my son sleeping in goat poop. But he's like, I'm gonna sleep outside, Greg, Greg, 
I really do not care about your son's goat poop story. Wow. Speaking of the cold, as Gregor has departed, you are left in the same set of circumstances that you found yourself in previously. And you find yourself witnessing the setting of the sun once more. Cast into darkness and the cold, you are left with only one thing that you are somewhat certain of at this point, which is that Dracus will eventually hobble his way through the halls and toss you some bowl of what has been deemed accommodations. Yeah, I will not take part of the accommodations. Greg has more than enough food in his in his inventory. You are left to your own devices for quite some time. And as the evening is coming into its fullness, the moon is hung high in the sky. You hear footsteps, solid and sturdy, but they seem to have a different gait about them. Odette, while like this is happening, she's been trying to get S to play a hand like a hand game like patty cake or something with her. Absolutely. You two are just in your cell and you're just playing patty cake. I figured awesome. everybody would be together or around the fire at least. He seems to be alarmingly good at any dexterous game, including Miss Mary Mack. You have not won a single game. Even though he doesn't say anything, he does the hand motions and he does them very quickly and fluidly. This is very difficult. Let's slow down. It's not fair. Y'all thought you were the one teaching him. Yes, well, of course. It's, to be, it's only because we're playing the American versions. And also, he doesn't have to say anything, so he can just go as fast as he wants to. Oh, look at me. I'm a legendary hero. Got another game? Um. Pardon me, children. Do you mind if I join your company but for a moment? Oh, of course. Come in and come in. I'm we are... 33 years Wait. old, but yeah, uh, sure. Uh, I mean, 33, now screw it, I'm 33. You hear slow, gentle footsteps approach you, and soon enough, you see that the man is not dressed in some sort of armor or leather-clad apron, but rather a full three-piece gray suit. He is quite tall, the tallest of the persons you have seen among them, in fact. Very muscular, but he seems to carry himself in a very gentle, refined, and dignified manner. He has long gray hair, which is brushed back and falls to his shoulders, and a full beard, which accents his aged and gentle smile as he greets you. It's one of my favorite characters. Did you want to play sticks, or did you want to play patty cake? I was about to teach them a new game, um, but and uh, Greg will step up and stand up, brush himself off. Um, I don't believe we've been acquainted before. Indeed. I'm here not to play games. For pastime, I am Dorian of House Bortsov, Hand of the Queen. And as Hand of the Queen, it is my duty to make sure all is right within her realm. So I am here to make sure we do right by you. Oh, the right-hand man kind of kind. All right. Well, it is nice to meet you. It has been very cold out here. But anyway, I've been keeping my hands warm. But as you can see, they are also very red from being slapped so much. She leers over at S. I have heard your tale and the claims. They've come through the reports. Even if what you say is true, what would you have us do with you? Do you believe that you should be exempt from some process of justice? I don't believe there's any... We protected the forest and people from a dangerous creature. And who asked you to do so? Who told you the creature was dangerous? The creature? 
who attacked us? Did it not attempt to leave? After it tried to kill us? From my understanding, after you blocked where it was going. If you stand at the entrance of a bear cave as the bear wishes to leave, would it not barrel you out of its way? That's a wolf, not a bear. And I same don't point, Greg, it's the same point. It didn't belong on this floor. It belonged on the other floor with the other wolves. To be fair, we were given a quest by the world. We followed after the quest of the world, but the wolf did come after us at the tree. He did ask to pass. However, we thought that if the wolf came down to the next floor, that would cause imbalance in the world. And that could be very problematic. After all, we had to rescue this guy that Draken had asked us to get. Hmm, I see. He seemed to be after this man, so we thought that we had to continue to protect him, as well as also rescue the people who were being attacked by wolves. And, I will say, at the end, after Greg ended up killing the wolf, the world did reward us with gifts. Yeah. So I don't know if the world is wrong, but there's probably something wrong with the world. After all, we're still stuck here. But, beside the point, what is it that you want us to do to fix the problem? The justice of the Rimatolf nation holds all accountable. I care not if you are a poor stable and or the child of the queen. There should be no difference given. So are we going to be put in court? Do I get a lawyer? No, I think we already went through the interrogation process. You have already confessed to your crimes. It is no more so a matter of how we should deal with our problem. There are numerous uprisings throughout the nation. I don't understand what how that is connected to this. Do you want us to quell the uprisings? Let me explain. And Dorian seems to step forth and gestures and outstretches his hand. He's still in the corridor, but all three of you can see, though some of you at a worse angle than others, from where you are in your cell, as mist seems to almost emanate from his sleeves. It is a spell he is casting, but I don't know what it is. Can I roll a knowledge? Would be spellcraft or knowledge arcana? That's pretty cool. What do you got in there? A mini fog machine? Are you a magician? It would be spellcraft. Can I roll a spellcraft? Sure. 19. You can tell that it appears as if he is casting major image. Ooh, that is an illusion spell. That is very exciting. You must be a very high level, not super high, but high enough that you can cast it. He is casting major image, Greg. Okay. I have been informed that you are not very well aware of our country's customs or its hierarchy. No. Ignorance shall only exempt you from so much. In saying so, let me educate you children of the history and what you have stumbled upon. Back 337 years ago, when I was but a wee child. Odette goes to reach for her journal, but doesn't have it. (laughs) She actually looks really sad. There was a war between nations. The Rimadolf house stood proudly atop the mountain, but there were invaders from outside forces. In desperation, the Rimadolf house sought for power to defend their homeland. And in doing such, the Queen Irvanak stumbled behind something ancient and powerful, which has since defended this nation from the very day. But in the retaliation, those who would have invaded our land grew desperate. Wounded by defeat, they sought out their own power 
they found themselves lined with the curse of lycanthropy. Lycanthropy? Is that werewolves? Since then, the Rimadolv House and the House of Lycanon have been in constant conflict. You have since stumbled upon the visage of Lycanon. The spirit lives on. However, you have killed its manifestation. Oh dear God, we killed a god. Well, actually not we. I cannot take responsibility for that. That would have been Greg. Greg, you killed a god. I really don't know whether to feel proud or ashamed of that. I, I think normally you feel you, you feel both. You feel proud and then you feel ashamed. Okay, both it is. The spirit of Lycanon lives on, and its manifestation will come back with a vengeance. But having killed such a creature on such hallowed grounds as that of Anuxaruk has enraged the remaining werewolf population. So just take out the remaining werewolf population and then the problem is solved. Hey, aren't you guys at war with them anyway? We have attempted to come into more civilized ways. Mm-hmm. They haven't, obviously, if they're starting an uprising. We have more or less come to an agreement and had lived in peace for the past 200 years. Then how were they so ready to start an uprising? They're wolves. They don't have much to start. They just kind of go grrr and attack. The villages of the Rimadov nations have been dwindled over time through countless feuds, wars, and conquests. We have very few people left under our title and banner. We cannot afford to lose any more people. Ideally, we would settle this diplomatically. But I do not know how we can do such. This is where we have the problem. So... Is it like a go-to-war situation? Are we going to kill you situation? We're going to make you fight for us situation? What's hmm. going on? You could probably use some really good charm spells. Calm emotions would probably be also be very good for the situation. And then you form like a, a treatise with them at once again. Did we even mention that we're like in the, what is it, the group, the guild of, uh, of the, was it Duchess Snow? I have received word from a few individuals. However, from my understanding, the Duchess herself is currently not with us to vouch for this. I have word from Sebastian, a man who I have served with and deeply trust and regard. However, this will get you only so far. As I mentioned, whether you are a stable boy or the son of the Queen... Justice must be served. So you want us to go and either kill the werewolves or make a treaty? I like these options. These are the best options that I can think of. We are undecided yet on the course of action. Your willingness and cooperation shall speak volumes. The way I see it, there are three methods for this as we have tossed around. We wipe out the remaining werewolf populace, though that may not be very good for public opinion. We send you as a diplomatic envoy a peace treaty and you grovel before their feet and hope they do not slay you for massacring the manifestation of their spirit. Okay, and let's say worst case scenario, they attack us. What should we do then? Let them? No, that is when we kill them. It depends on what you feel... For the remainder of our nation. Their numbers grow stronger by the day. 
then I would say let's stop letting them get day by day stronger. Take them out now. That would be a bloody path. We would lose many lives. And we would only be the weaker for it. Interesting. But wait, you are vampires, correct? Indeed. That is what I would assume. But why can't you make more of yourselves? One bite and go, and then, whoa, vampire. She does have a good point. The remaining populace we have access to is not immensely vast. Nor oh. is this something we go about so lightly. That is true. The last thing we need is someone with immense power and no loyalty. I suppose that's, that's, you know, understandable. Only those who have pledged allegiance to Her Majesty and have convinced us so through deeds have been blessed with such immense power and capabilities. That is very cool. Interesting. What kind of deeds? You know, of loyalty, like taking out the biggest factor of your enemy. It definitely wasn't taking out Lycan, and I'll say that much. If you could resolve this diplomatic transgression, I am sure Her Majesty would indeed take it as a sign of good faith and allegiance. So how do we want to go about this? Do I go, I'm sorry, I was defending my life as well as the lives of others? I do not know if that will particularly assuage the concerns of those over in Lundka. If you would like, I never mentioned the third option. War is our last. We wish not for it. Diplomacy, which you may willingly go on, is recommended and ideal. Worst case scenario, Gregor has less tactful ways of orbiting for peace with the wolves. Ah, basically like, we found the guys who did it, we'll kill them for you, justice type thing, is that it? Is that basically the rundown? <sighs> An untactful topic indeed, but you have the general concept. If you are willing, we can send you out on the carriage on the morrow. Your accommodations you will find, if cooperative, shall be significantly improved, and we will send you with one of our own to make sure that the deed is properly handled. I am fine with that. Personally, that's why we turned ourselves in, because we have to solve the problem that we were causing. That is what my padre would say. Yeah, what she said. Um, I'm willing to cooperate. Uh, I don't think I've done anything wrong. But I'm willing to cooperate. Besides, she runs up behind S and kind of like shoves him forward. We have a legendary hero on our side. Nothing could ever go wrong. S shakes his head vehemently now. And Dorian just nods, looking quizzical, but somewhat smiles. Very well. Now we'll let Her Majesty know of the arrangements. So do we stay here for now? I will have Dracus escort you to your... Newstead for the evening. You shall find it much more comfortable, I assure you. That is very exciting. I must say, I was very impressed with the architecture of your dungeon. <laughs> you will find the castle significantly more intriguing than I assure you. The castle? Do we, we get to go inside of it? That is so I'm awesome. pretty sure we're beneath it right now. You hear the pittering of little feet as Dracus once again clamors out from the shadows and makes his way to your cells one by one, unlatching each of them and swinging the doors wide open. I still laugh. Why each door has to open? 
It's, it's out of politeness, I guess. Um, Thrakus somewhat glares at all of you as if he is discontent with the decision which has been made. Go on now. Leave us. They said you were going to show us where we need to go. Fine. But actually, can I get my pseudo-dragon back? I would also like my goat, if that is possible. You will find all of your wares in your newstead. (gasps) This is so exciting. Let us go. Onward, onward. Greg will look Dragus dead in the eye. I do appreciate your, um, you know, accommodations and understanding. There. Says the one who did not even partake. He kind of hisses at you a little. You mean of the, um, was that poison? You see as he picks up a unlit wooden torch from a sconce nearby and seems to light it with a breath of fire and begins walking. Follow me, if you wish to know where you go. I do, and so I will. S nods and makes his way, but he seems to pause for a moment and look around. Hmm? What is it, S? He's gone. Oh. And... All of you notice, now as you also look around, that you never heard anything, and he didn't say anything, and you didn't see anything, but Dorian is no longer there. Oh, he probably has a flight spell. Um, but see, as now how you feel when you when other people disappear and you don't notice. Regal nudge out as, huh, feels weird to have it done to you, doesn't it? That's what I just said. Yeah, but I survived. Hurry up! You're so slow. We're still walking. We're just walking and talking. I'm right behind you. Odette will walk next to S, attempting to play patty cake as they walk. Roll dexterity. Eight. Not acrobatics, but dexterity. No, dexterity. Both of you seem to struggle as you walk, as even he rolled low with a total of 13. It's too dark down here. It is barely lit, save for the torch, which is being carried by Drakus. But Drakus seems to be scampering relatively quickly, and you lot are barely able to keep up at the very edge of his light, moving as fast as you can. You find it very difficult to play any sort of hand game as you continue to move on. Right this way. And you see, as Drakus leads you through the twists and turns of this very windy cavernous hall, and eventually you make your way towards the large area where you first met Gregor, though it seems to currently be unoccupied. Dracus clambers up the staircase which is etched into the side of the room and motions for you to exit through the solid wooden door which you first entered when coming in to the underdwelling. You are now free to leave. And Dracus releases you from the manacles which have been Enclasped on your hands, he comes to each of you and releases them with a key. See, Craig, it wasn't that bad. Says the one who couldn't stand the cold despite having a fire right next to her. I was pretty okay. The door swings open wide and you see the same young boyish face of a thin guard in black metal armor. Well, I see you're all in one piece. Duh. This was Felix, correct? Indeed. Follow me. I've been instructed to take you to your rooms. Oh, this is exciting. Ah, save your excitement. You're still prisoners as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Hmm, I feel like we were acquitted, but okay. Acquitted of nothing. 
You have a deed to carry out, and you shall do so. Look, I'm not looking to do the deed any time too soon, just when I'm told. Felix leads you through the cavernous halls, and eventually you make your way out of the deep and dark caveways, which seem to lie underneath the structure of Castle Remedolve, and you make your way up a spiral stair. The black stone turns to a lighter tone, and it seems to be more well-polished and well-kempt. Eventually, the stair seems to have a rug lining the center, and there are sconces lining the walls. Everything is much more well-lit and well-kempt. You continue spiraling upward and upward until you no longer realize how far you've gone, but two wide double wooden doors open up, and there's a long, outstretched hall with beautiful wood paneling, carpets, sconces, and gold trim, and there are multiple doors on either side. Welcome to the Castle Rimadolf. You will find your suites all on the left-hand side, starting with Odette's, followed by Greg's, and then S's. Okay. Right, then. Well, we don't have to be intimate anymore. We may now separate. I was never trying to be uh, intimate with you. I just want you to know that. And he's looking at the guard. Fine, then I was intimate with S. I don't know if S consented to that. I'm just... I'm going to go to my room. All right, I'm going to go. All of you make your way to these immensely grandiose rooms with golden trim and a golden doorknob. Even you open it, and it leads wide into a masterful suite, full with a large king-sized bed, a fireplace, a chest, a couch, and table. It even appears as if there's some tiling in the back corner, and you hear running water. Wow. And for Greg and Odette, in your each your individual rooms, you find... Your animal companions rested on a small pet bed at the foot of the actual main bed. Jerry! Me! <gasps> Indiana, have you been here the whole time? Oh, it has been so wonderful. Oh, my goodness. You are very lucky it was very cold downstairs. I have been pampered. Do you know how many pears I've eaten? Pears? Indeed, they have pears. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that you liked fruit. Neither did I until I tried some of them. It tastes almost like honey. Well, I am glad you are safe, Indiana. I wasn't very worried, except for, you know, possibly being able to not prepare any more spells if I needed them. Jerry, it's so good to see you. I thought they would have eaten you. Oh, well, it looks like you've been doing some eating. You got a bit of a belly there. What you've been eating? Surprisingly, not um, your beds. You've keeping that in good shape. The bed does seem intact. However, you see trailing from the bed, uh, he appears to have pulled the curtain from off the window, and it appears as if he is dining on a very fine red silk curtain with gold lacing. Why do you always have such expensive tastes? And I do mean that, literally. It's okay, I'm not mad. I'm just glad to see you again, buddy. And Greg will take uh, Jerry into his arms and give him scruffies and pets. In your new accommodations, you find it very lush and lavish, quite comfortable in contrast to where you were. The hearth of the fireplace is keeping you all quite warm. You have a nice cushioned down bed, very well furnished in the entire room, and if you would even like, in the evening, you all have hot baths drawn for you. This is a moment that you get to rest, relax, though you all find at a centerpiece written on a letter that you are to be summoned by the queen tomorrow morning. I guess you should get in here too, Jerry. Come here. Meh. 
Splosh. And Jerry splashes into the bath as he is to be bathed before he will have an audience with the queen. If you're gonna see a queen, you gotta look clean. All of you rest and prepare yourselves for the next day. An audience with the queen, and who knows what quests exactly lie before you. You rest, the evening passes, and the next day comes. Each of you are gathered, dressed, prepared by some of the stewards of the queen. Dorian eventually comes and gathers all of you and escorts you down the hall, the spiral staircase, and into the main throne room. Entering the throne room, you see the massive pillars and banners of the Rimadolf crest hung from the tall ceilings. Going down the long, outstretched carpet, you see the queen. Before you is sat a gorgeous woman of fair complexion. Anthetical to her rugged subjects, she is poised, proper, and without blemish or imperfection. The epitome of her majesty draped in royal red robes trimmed with white fur and gold accents. She is sat upon a plush red velvet and golden throne as she gestures for you to step closer. That is definitely a vampire queen if I've ever seen one. Odette would step forward and curtsy. Greg will appropriately bow and bow Jerry's head down with him. Approaching, you take notice of her long flowing white hair, which is abraded above either ear, but at the center is pulled back and then parted so that there are two strands, one of which flows down either side of in front of her, well past her shoulders and down even to her waist. As your eyes drift back upwards, you notice a beautiful golden plasteron necklace with delicate chains dangling from an ornate centerpiece, affixed to which is a flawless fist-sized ruby. Her face is one of beauty, as if she were a living statue immortalized and frozen in time. She is a flawless porcelain skin, sharp features, high cheekbones, lush red ruby lips, long eyelashes. But for all of her admirable beauty, you dare not look her in the eyes. She has a soured face, and vibrant red irises seem to be staring daggers into your very soul. Conflicted, but enchanted. You feel something deep within you wishing to bask in her beauty, but simultaneously every fiber of your being screams for you to run. Welcome, my children. You are in the presence. And here is my decree. Go out as an emissary to Lunka and, come what may, report good news. You shall be escorted by my head bard, Dorothea. She be able to advise you. And she gestures, outstretching her hand, and almost shoos you away. Is that it? Shh, Greg, she's gesturing. We should ride back up. Her queen has spoken. I would recommend you take it and walk away. You all take a deep bow and begin backing away from Her Majesty until eventually you find yourselves at a pillar which you can kind of duck behind and begin walking off. <sighs> Alright, well, thankfully she did not have your head. With that, as she mentioned, you'll be an emissary to the town of Lunka, and you'll be escorted by Dorothea, her head bard. Your carriage is awaiting you. You should leave post-haste before anything else gets any worse. Alright. Thank you, Dorian. I'm fine to leave right away. I'm just surprised you guys got Odette up before 12pm. I have not been sleeping as well as I have in the past. Please. Bicker while you are in the carriage. I hate for Her Majesty to overhear anything. With that, 
your order from the queen, and your sentence being given. I believe that is where we're going to be ending this week's episode of The Odd Campaign. Thank you, Foundlings, for listening to this week's episode of Sorta Online Odd. We're so glad you joined us. And if you've been enjoying this series, please make sure you leave a rating and a review in whatever podcast listening app that you're on. And also consider going to Podchaser, where you can leave individual reviews for episodes. Ooh. If you want to support the podcast, consider sharing the show with your friends, family, your dog. Honestly, I would love to see some dogs listening to the podcast. That would make me so happy. But you can also go to our website, pick up some merchandise, or donate to the podcast through Patreon and get access to bonus content such as early releases of episodes and world-building content through World Amble. Make sure you guys are following us on our social media accounts, Twitter and Instagram, at RollFound, to keep up to date on any news that we need to release. And also make sure that you're following us and joining us in our Discord, where we can hang out, chat, and play games if you want to. So we'll hopefully see you there. That link is in the description below. And we do want to give a big thank you and shout out to Michael Gelfi, Will Savino with Music D20, as well as Monumental Studios for allowing us to use their music and ambiance in today's episode. Make sure you go check them out to support their content. And once again, thank you, Foundlings, for listening, and we'll see you next, next week in Sorta Online Odd. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.